Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Matchball 30 sponsored by Calidus, leading consultants in health and safety, project management, asset management, environmental services and training. Visit wearecalidus.com for more information. The Matchball. The Matchball 30 is a game-by-game journey through the 1991-1992 season, 30 years on. Dan, Michael and Moscow with you on that journey. And we have to quickly go back to the events of last weekend. Of course, we had the famous victory against Villa on the TV. turned out that Freddie Mercury died that evening, which was uh, shocking news at the age of just 45. The news broke on Monday morning. Back to Ellen Road this time, though. We're facing Everton, concentrating on the football. And can we go top of the league again? That's the question. Top of the charts. It's where I'm aiming for. Well, presumably we're going to have some Queen songs at number one in the coming weeks. At the minute, it's Michael Jackson, still black or white, with that brilliant video. But what are you bringing to the table that's going to usurp any of that? I mean, it's uh, it's the hot shots. Oh, yeah. This was a great, great bunch of lads. Well, I mean, we'll come on to the game in a minute. It was played um, It was played before the game through the, the famously brilliant PA system at Ellen Road. Mm-hmm. But we've got um, we've got some some of the audio to, to give you on the podcast now, so you can hear it crystal clear. Well, I'm just looking at the cover because we've got the cover here in front of us because we've just pulled the vinyl out of it that we're about to play, obviously for you. Is this the dance mix that that we're hearing? Is, is it the extended? Is it the club thing? The sort of thing they're going to be playing in the warehouse in Leeds? I mean, it's all a dance mix. Yeah. You, can, you can dance to all of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great production. You can see we've got Gary Mack, John Newsom, Chris White, Gary Speed, Chris Fairclough, and Steve Hodge. And Gordon Strack in there, right in the middle. And there's very much a kind of a, a Band-Aid photo in the studio, all the headphones on vibe about this. Steve Hodge in the foreground with his umbro jump on, so he's probably come straight from training to do this. I think McAllister's probably come straight from training as well, but being Gary McAllister has got changed. In the meantime, he's wearing a very natty mustard-coloured jumper, uh, designer jeans that I bet he's got from Accent, and uh, those uh, brown shoes that he's got look pretty smart as well. He'll have uh, spent a pretty penny on them. He always likes to be very well-dressed. Gary McAllister, so he's not going to be uh, turning up to a pop video in a, a an Umbro sweater or um, the Adidas equipment sweatshirt that Gordon Strachan, sponsored by Adidas, is tucked uh, into wearing his jeans. In tucked into his jeans, no less, Moscow. You see as well, I think um, Gary Mack probably despaired when he saw Strachan turning up looking like that. So that's why he's, uh, he's made sure to stand the other side of the fella in the, um, the waistcoat that he's made out of his mum's curtains. <laughs> He's not on the um, he's not on this photo either, but we have seen a video for this as well, which does involve David Batty playing a guitar on the Ellen Road pitch. I mean, I said playing, holding a guitar on the Ellen Road pitch, along with Gary Mack and Gary Speed. So it's I mean, it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing for them to do. They don't want to be taking it too seriously, right? Anyway, let's should we, should we hear it because I think we've delayed this and we've we've built it up long enough. Should we unleash 
this gold, audio gold. So here we go again. We're marching on together again. United we stand. The best team in the land. Like lightning speed. Mark Knopfler's going to be quaking in his boots when he hears it. Howard, please deliver this line for us. <laughs> I think that is Howard's line. He's got. A, he's just. That's him. They've played it to him, and he's gone. Fucking hell! <laughs> a very, very dry sense of humour, Howard, hasn't he? So I think, um, I think he's delivered a fair assessment there. Do you think that's going to trouble the top of the charts? Mm, unlikely, I would say. I mean, going back to like 1972, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds did well in the hit parade, didn't it? And that was hard then. Are you suggesting in another 25 years' time we're going to be coming out to this? This is going to be our official... Just saying, don't rule it out. I, I kind of am ruling it out. Okay. I think it's fine for now. Mm. Well, they say video killed the radio star. We don't need to worry about the music side of things. It's the telly that's going to be our undoing, isn't it? Ray Fell's been uh, talking about the TV companies, you know, because we were on telly against Villa last week. Obviously destroyed them. It was brilliant to demonstrate our power and worth to the nation and Ray's not happy. No, I mean, it's all happening on Sundays, isn't it? Sunday trading, that's coming in. Shops opening on Sundays. What? I know, that's happening as well. For it's a, some sort of Christmas thing they're bringing in. Okay. Don't know when I'm getting get time to go to church now. I'm going to go to Sainsbury's in the morning. Uh, we'll a Safeway, actually. It's where, that's where I tend to go. Woolworths and then BHS. What else is there? HMV. That's still uh, still a popular shop, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then onto the football in well, the you, afternoon. You can buy, here we go again. What was it called? <laughs> Yes. Here we go again. Here we go, here we go again. <laughs> Buy that in HMV. You could, maybe. If maybe, they, the, maybe the one in Leeds. Just if they that sell one. it. Yeah. But yeah, Ray Fell is, uh, is warning us about the, the power that the TV presence generates and he sincerely hopes that football authorities have the strength to defend our traditional right. Especially with this Super League thing coming next year. Well, exactly. What's that going to be like? To watch football at three o'clock on Saturday afternoons. But, I mean, it's only, it's only the odd game. It's not going to get out. I can't see it getting out of hand. Well, you say that. But he was right to worry because another game has been moved for TV. Sick of it. Well, it's only another game. It's not too bad, is it? Well, it's Man United at home. That's been shifted to Sunday, the 29th of December at four o'clock. Four o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, it's not a time that screams football to me. No, not every bloody week. Sick of it. I mean, they're normally at 2.55, which is on a Sunday, which is a far more sensible time to kick off. <laughs> uh, but we've but... been pushed later. It's Christmas t- TV, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what will be on. The big Christmas 1991 movie. I mean, I'd, I'd presume that, you know, uh, the Robin Hood film not going to be out cinemas yet. It's it? a Wonderful Life will be on. That's normally on, isn't it? Yeah. And Uncle Buck, maybe. That's always a, you know, the, well, the, think, family, the family favourite. I've just read it. I think I've got the Radio Times knocking around, actually, from 
Christmas 1991 over here in the, we've spoken about it before, the library. Mm. You can't see it, obviously, because this is an audio medium, but we've got a shelf full of books. Some of your VHSs yeah. look like books as well, because you've got them in those cases. Exactly. That's a, nice, so, that's so a really classic touch. We'll dig it out in a minute, um, or we'll send the researcher that doesn't work here <laughs> to go and find Radio Times 1991 and, and tell us what was on, uh, what is going to be on, sorry, on Christmas Day. Anyway, on the plus side for yeah. all this TV, we're getting loads of money from it. How much do you get for being on TV these days? I've got no idea. Well, from, well, from the Man United game, we're going to get £145,000. Oh, wow. Which isn't bad. The, the Villa game, because we were the away team, we only got forty-five grand from that. Right. But £145,000. I mean, £45,000 is a lot of money, isn't it? And it it's Buy a house sell, for that. And it's going to sell out anyway, because it's it's scum at home. So we, that's just that's just free money for us. Nah, but the rug a lot are not happy, are they? Because the, the changing in the schedules mean that they're having to change their schedules. There's always a knock-on effect. This is what... That's what these TV companies don't think about, isn't it? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Hunslet can get their own stadium and right. stop messing up our pitch. Yeah, but they're playing Bramley. Hunslet against Bramley. Big local derby. Being shifted to New Year's Day now, hasn't it? So they're not going out on New Year's Eve. Bollocks to the wrong <laughs> We have heard more about the stadium developments as well. You know, they've been talking about doing a, uh, a magnificent New East stand, haven't they? So, plans. Have we got plans yet? Well, we've got... Um, they're putting it out to tender, so it's ready to be built. I can't remember seeing the plans. But four companies are tendering to build it. Maybe they're also going to design it. Couldn't mm. a bit fine if they want to start at the end of the season. Yeah, you'd have thought they would have this one in the bank by now, wouldn't you, actually, come to think of it? You would think so. I mean, it, it was in the newspaper, was this? And I do wonder if it's actually news or whether it's just Bill Fotherby trying to sell some half-season tickets off the back of it because he's saying, well, they're going to be reduced capacity next season because of this work going on. And if you want a ticket, season ticket holders are going to get priority. And would you believe it, I've got some for sale. Just right here. So yes, you can you can buy a, a half season ticket starting with the Spurs game on December the fourteenth. Pricey though. How much? Go on, how much are you talking well, for? Well, there's that? there's no standing tickets available, right. so you're going to be 195 quid. Sorry, in the West Stand, 200 quid for a half season for ticket. half a season. Yeah, 12 games. Yeah, 150 quid if you want to go in the um, bloody hell the northeast of the low fields. It's steep, isn't it? What's that per game? More than 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between ten and twenty pounds, according to my maths. Quite a lot, though. Imagine they've got rent to pay for because they're opening a new club shop, Burton's Arcade. Have you seen that? That's that's mm. opening in time for Christmas um, next next week or two. It's opening that December third. I mean, it's good to see the club trying to grow mm. in as many ways as possible. You do get the feeling Father Bees is there. He's driving a lot of this. Needs the commercial revenues in, doesn't he? Again, but though you're talking about money being spent on opening shops, the CCTV's been upgraded inside Ellen Road. Spent one hundred and twenty-five grand on that. So wouldn't you? You know, these season tickets are going to pay for that. The new fancy cameras and the new box. Have you seen the box? Oh, it's hugely impressive. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've managed to get a fair grant for this. Right. Oh, okay. From the Football Trust, I think it mm-hmm. is, that have given us, they've given us like 90 grand of this to put some, put some tellies in so people can't, can't misbehave anymore. Uh, it's the Football League's most advanced police control unit that's been installed. You'll never sing that, <laughs> et cetera. I do have the TV listings, by the way. How oh, did you find the radio times? Yeah, I've dug it out. It's um, have so. Have you circled the ones you're going to watch? Well, it's not. Um, I haven't found Christmas Day, but the game, the day that our game is on, so Sunday the 29th, we can't kick off at three or two fifty-five because of ITV's Christmas schedules. So uh, the news is at one o'clock. Then at ten past one is the film Dumbo. Right. Oh. So that's on, but it's only uh, an hour and ten minutes. That so. But the problem is there's another film after that, which is Carry On Spying. Right. Starring Kenneth Williams. So that's on from 2.20 to 3.50. Um, so that's why we're not kicking off until 
Four o'clock is oh. uh, to accommodate carry on spying. Six o'clock, bullseye. And then Brilliant. the news at 6.40 Highway with uh, Harry Seacombe. Um, is there an evening movie on? Because I want to, when we've you know, finished with the game against Man United, I want to you know, keep that, that great feeling, that happy adrenaline feeling going and sit well, down and watch. This is, so sticking with ITV, uh, who are broadcasting the matches, so you've been framed Christmas special. Oh, hilarious. At 7.15. Uh, 7.45 is classic Coronation Street, a trip down memory lane with magic moments from the soap from the last 30 years. Um, then a bit more news, then Agatha Christie's Poirot, the theft of the royal baby. Classic. And uh, five past ten, so well after the watershed, Julie Walters and Friends before the Arts Review of the Year with the uh, big Leeds fan Melvin Bragg hosting that at five past eleven. Um, you wonder how many years Melvin Bragg can survive on TV, don't you? It's a bit... On the other channels, there's a rugby special on BBC Two. Dusk the Badger follows that, a wildlife drama about a badger put at risk by humans. (laughs) Have you made that up? (laughs) No. There is, uh, I mean, it's BBC Two, isn't it? Mephistopheles is being shown. Version of the Faust legend. Opera, if you like. Opera. BBC One, though, on Sunday afternoon. Come on, big hitters then. Big hitters. Blade Runners with Jane Torville and Christopher Dean, Uh which is uh, a, a... forgotten didn't realise they, the, they were replicants in the Blade <laughs> franchise before that was Last of the Summer Wine obviously mm-hmm. um, although it's a repeat second taste of last year's seasonal vintage when uh, Foggy comes to the rescue when Barry goes overboard on Christmas Spirit <laughs> EastEnders Omnibus at 2 then film The Big Country starring Gregory Peck at 3 o'clock and the Antiques Roadshow EastEnders no EastEnders would be Christmas Day wouldn't it sorry but I forget we're not on yeah, Christmas so this Day this is the 29th uh, and then in the evening over there Auntie's Bloomers excellent um, Terry Wogan with a feast mm. of on-camera calamities and Miss Marple is up against Poirot oh, um, Clash of the Titans yeah Big Detective I'm almost sad that we've got a game to watch that day to be honest you skip it well if you Just... want to stay up late or if you go to the match and have a few beers afterwards and you get in so pubs close it um well, I don't know what time pubs close. Well, I mean, on to, be, to be honest, Sunday licensing. I'm 13 years old. I don't know why I'm worried about Sunday licensing anyway, because it's a it's a Sunday. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas, and the days all get mixed up around Christmas. Yeah, and you can just get home, pissed, and watch the film of Are You Being Served at five past eleven. Oh wow! Until uh, the weather comes on at half midnight and then close down. Great stuff. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? But close down. <laughs> That test card girl. Can't wait to see her. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's get to the game then and uh, what happened at Ellen Road. Well, the lineups against Everton. Lukic, Sterling, Dorigo, Batty, Fairclough, White, Strachan, Wallace, Chapman, McAllister and Speed back in the number 11 shirt after John McClelland occupied it at Villa. Everton lining up with Neville Southall in goal. Martin Keown, Alan Harper, Raymond Attervelt, Matt Jackson, Dave Watson, Mark Ward, John Eberl, Peter Beagree, Tony Cotty, Peter Beardsley, and you've got Vojica on the bench with Howard Kendall, the boss. You know, we dealt with Jan Stejskal last week. Vojica, are we worried about his communist leanings? Almost certainly. Uh, communism's fallen, but it doesn't mean the communists have gone, does it? Bloody hell. Lech Lesnar there on the... Uh... Actually, he was he was not he was against the communists, wasn't he? Maybe maybe this lad's all right. Yeah, Perry Striker and all that. Right, um, the game not a great one. The game only a mother could love this one. A little bit scrappy, tough is probably the fairest word to use to describe it. Well, just a bit of a letdown after the Villa game. I thought we were going to win every game by a few goals and just piss the league. But this is fine too. I mean, know, we, we are going to piss the league. It's just uh, just not, they're not all going to be beautiful, are they? And ruined a bit by a ref as well. Old Tony Ward. Well, described rightly as a, a London-based official in the mm. YEP, which I think is is rightly casting. It's factually correct, but it's just casting a bit of suspicion on him. Well, it's like you know what they're like. Worse than the communists, aren't they? The London, the, the metropolitan elite. <laughs> Heavy emphasis when they include that phrase, isn't there? Heavy emphasis. <laughs> uh, so, what happened in this game? Then let's run through the events at Ellen Road today. Chappie having chances because that's what he does. Yeah, Neville Southall gifted this one a bit. Giving a, uh, a slice in a goal kick to Mark Ward, who can't really handle having the ball passed to him. So he, he tries to give it back to Southall, leaves it short and puts Chapman through. But um, Southall does, does redeem himself, comes out to block it. And oh. then the yellow cards begin. Although Chris White, in fairness, a, a good one to take because Tony Cotty might be through on goal. Mm-hmm. He, well, we've seen the first beginnings of this professional foul rule, haven't we, these days? So he, can't, he just fouls him in time. He's kind of far enough from the goal that the ref doesn't doesn't see it as a straight red. Mm. Um, but but a well-taken one, I would say, from Chris White. He's he's quite canny in knowing what he can and can't get away with. I mean, this is it with um, Everton's threat. Tony Cotty um, is pretty much a, a good source of goals. We've got Peter Beardsley, who is um, obviously a great playmaker playing at centre-forward with him, who we have been linked with perpetually. Peter Beagree. Confusing having Be- Peter Beagree and Peter Beardsley in the same side. Very difficult. That's why uh, Beagree... Uh, grew the moustache so you could tell him apart but then people started just mistaking him for Robert Fozika so it backfired and on the benches they've signed uh, Mo Johnston so he's a, a new player that they don't use in this game but he's just there threatening um, Another striker we were linked with at one stage Yeah exactly so it's almost it's like looking at a, a version of us thankfully we've uh, I don't think we've ever been linked with garbage like Martin Keown or uh, <laughs> Alan Harper in the past Dave Watson's a, a good defender, but he's been uh, he's a bit past his sell-by date. And obviously in midfield is where we, we really stand a better chance because John Eberl, because we discussed last season, I'm still willing for him to name, just name the place, name the time, and um, I'll uh, snap him. Like a, <laughs> like like a, a discarded twig? Yeah. Excellent. Dismantle him like a Lego castle. And, he, and if they're signing Mo Johnson for goals from the bench, we've already got John McClellan for that, haven't we? So... <laughs> No need to worry. But yes, you can see the ref kind of foreshadowing what happens later on. Just being a bit officious, like nagging at Sterling and Batty and I don't know, it's just, yeah, I mean, just annoying. You've got Sterling up against Peter Beagree and then um, Batty's sort of charged with, it's not quite the same 
marking job that Fairclough did on Tony Daly, but he's he's following Peter Beardsley around, and uh, the referee won't like that. Although he didn't stop Beardsley going clean through when Watson played him in. It's a good save by Lukic, who was already on the ground and managed to... Uh, Flapping about on the ground, he was. But he just claw, <laughs> just gets an arm up to uh, to block Beardsley's shot. I mean, it looked like he was just going to tap it in. But mm. then, uh, and then it nearly falls to Cotty as well. But thanks to those those rugby bastards messing up our pitch, there is a, a bad bounce and he can't get to it. Yeah, and this is all just leading up to half-time. Um, should be mentioned that we are shooting towards the cop again in the first half. Sneaky bastards. Turned us around again. Don't like it. Not a fan. Into the second half now then. And... Um, we got a lot of corners, big string of corners in this. Five in 12 minutes feels like quite a lot, but we just couldn't carve anything out of them. It's normally goals, isn't it, corners? Chris White flicks it, Chapman, Sterling, Speed, someone sticks it in in the middle, but not this time. And then Peter Beardsley, he's that, he's that ever-threatening character, isn't he? Particularly when he picks it up and starts um, running with it. Because they had that chance where he's running down the right, heading towards the cop, cuts inside, but he managed to drag it wide at the far post, which I think a certain amount of relief to that because he is a very talented footballer. Yeah, and a handsome man with it. What's Batty doing, though? He should be keeping a better eye on and than this. It's his man and he's had two big chances. Well, we do see some changes in midfield, but it's not Batty. Um, 65 on the clock and Steve Hodge then comes on for Gary Speed. And it, it's a few minutes after that that it all starts to go absolutely batshit mental. Yeah, Fairclough sent off for a clash with, uh, with Mark Ward, who's not a man I trust, I have to say. Keep an eye on him. I wouldn't believe everything he tells you. No, um, no, that's all I will say. But uh, yeah, he was. There's a bit of a clash, and Fairclough is sent off for it. Ward is booked, but no one's entirely clear why well, Fairclough has been sent off. I mean, the thing is, the, the ball is spinning over towards the um, the southeast corner, and he does kind of go round the ball and take the man. So there's something's been said, especially because. Ward got booked for his part in this. There's something gone on there, hasn't it, that, that sparked this off? But look at look at Chris Fairclough's face. Isn't is that it? a man who's done anything wrong? No. Look at Mark Ward. Exactly. Yeah. Who you judge? You judge who's the worst out of the two? Yeah, it's a it's not a great tackle by Fairclough, but then the reaction from both players. It's difficult to see why one should get one colour of card and one should get a different one. They've both had a go at each other. And not in a massive way. But you, can, you can see Fairclough kind of swings at, at Ward, but Ward's kicked at him. So they're both having a, they're both just having a go at each other. And that's the thing: either send them both off, give them both the yellow card, give them both the talking to. I don't think one player has really done anything much worse than the other, apart from obviously one is wearing a Leeds United shirt, and our London-based official, Mister Tony Ward, doesn't like that. Doesn't care for that kind of thing. And he's, uh, he's not done yet, is he, with the bookings? Because a minute after this happens, he then books Hodge for this foul on um, on Atterveld. And then Hodge, after his total of six minutes on the pitch and a yellow card, straight off again. Subs the sub. Subs the sub. I mean, it's not really Hodge's fault. It's You can see the reason he's done it because he needs another centre-back on there to, to defend. So we get McClelland on for the um, for the final 20 minutes. It is a little bit awkward on uh, Hodge because he's had a quite a stop-start start since he came in the summer scored some goals but mostly from the bench and was a little bit injured at the start of the season so you'd have thought him being an England international and a World Cup competitor with Spurs and Forrest on his CV that he would just march into our midfield knock either Batty or Speed straight out of the way and, and take his place instead um, he's in this situation where he's coming on for Speed because I think Speed's ankle is still playing up the one that kept him out of the Villa game as well as the, the tactical changes and then straight off again, six minutes later, just because we need to uh, account for this dickhead ref. 
um, sending off Chris Fairclough for nothing. Well, we'll deal with the fallout from the ref after we've dealt with the glorious moment that came three minutes from time. I mean, there's always that sense when you get down to 10 that the game's gone then, hasn't it? Particularly when you're taking off a midfielder to um, shore up your defence for the final 20 minutes. But lo and behold, no. What a winner. uh, What a winner. One of our other summer signings making his mark. I mean, but what a finish this as well. Huge credit to to Wallace for getting on the end of this. So we've got a a corner. Rodney, not not Ray. We should stress this in case anybody missed the line. Where is Ray? He'll be around. Or Danny, for that matter. No, he's well, not there either. Danny's at Old Trafford. We know about him. We don't We don't talk about Danny so much, but um, Ray will be, he'll have been clapping when yes. this went in. Well oh, done. I'm, I'm glad well we signed him then. <laughs> well done, Twinsy. Well, Strack gets a corner in the southwest corner. And as you were sort of saying, Michael, about the, uh, the flick-ons, white at the near post, you know, we've seen that a, a lot. It's a tactic. It's a tactic that, that, that's, that's fruitful for us. Too low, though. You think? It's to his foot this time. Oh, so damn. He, uh, but he gives it back to Strachan, who then does like a big up and under, if we keep him with rugby references. It's very high into the box. It's a skillful, calculated chip. <laughs> well, maybe it is. I mean, it works. Speculative punt, skillful chip, they all count, don't they? It it's just, a delicate pass. It draws out Neville Southall, which is the main thing. He comes to try and punch it like clear. Like a chip butty. <laughs> and you said one, one thing to... a bitter. Quite apart from the finish, have you seen the number of men they've got on the line that Wallace actually manages to beat? So there's the... Uh, Chapman obviously beats Southall to the ball. Southall's kind of nowhere there, isn't he? I mean, I'm surprised you don't get a free kick for fouling the keepers these days. But he didn't do anything, did he? Southall just came out, flapped it. Chappie manages uh, to get a head on it, sort of back of his head, loops up in the air, and then Wallace is at the far post. And do his feet go higher than his head, you think, in this manoeuvre? I think it's a brilliant finish. It's strange. It's not, you wouldn't describe it as an overhead kick, but the ball was over his head when he kicked it. Yeah. Um, it was it's, a sideways it's the kind of thing only yeah. a 5 foot 6 player would really ever have to pull off he keeps scoring these goals that we struggle to describe the one the other week we were like he sort of gets his knees and shins and both legs onto it at the same time and tackles it in this is um, this is much more athletic it's though. brilliant and he beat there's four men on the line for Everton four men including one at the near post and he manages to get it over his head you know how he did that oh. kicked it really hard right into the roof of the net it's going to work isn't it and that huge palpable sense of relief inside Ellen Road because it's a goal at 87 minutes. You know pretty much the game is won. We've had all the attritional stuff that's happened throughout the game. The picky referee, the red card, we're down to 10. You think the game's gone. And lo and behold, three points. And what are three points? It's one of those that you, you do think maybe we might win the league here because mm. it's not it's not three points you expect to get at, at, the, when, at the stage of fair club being sent off. So it's... It's sort of looking like it might be going well. Well, we'll get to the results on the league table in just a second, but let's deal with that red card first of all. Was it or wasn't it? Wilco didn't think so. It seemed innocuous to me, he said, cheer- laughing. <laughs> Fairclough fouled Ward, who retaliated, and Fairclough reacted to that. Tip for tap. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Let them book them both, get on with the game. But Chris Fairclough himself seems to be undermining this whole position because he admits that he, he fouled him, which to be fair, you couldn't really avoid that fact because you can clearly see on the replays that um, he chops away at his legs. And also he does then say, you know, he, he kicked out me and I just pushed him over. Which, I, I mean, you, you can sort of get away with pushing people over, can't you? We mm. need to wait for the referee's report though and find out what he's actually sent him off for because if it's he'll the make, foul... He'll just make up a reason, Moscow. If it's the foul, it's one thing. If it's for pushing Ward over, it's another. And then we need to know what uh, Ward was booked for as well. So we need to see what the referee says about it and, uh, and we need to know uh, how long Fairclough will be suspended for as well I don't know if it'll be one game if it'll be three games hopefully just a, a one game ban or something the London based FA will no doubt <laughs> well this is what we have to treat us fairly deal with as you were saying there Michael actually Wilco echoes your uh, remarks there 
saying after Chris Fairclough was sent off, it's a real test of character, but we kept going under the circumstances and a great result for us. I had been saying all week since our victory at Villa Park that staying with the pace at the top is often as much to do with your character as your ability. So yeah, we dug it out is the long and short of that one. Yeah, that's a very Wilco reaction to what was a stunning 4-1 win in front of uh, everybody on TV. Just downplay it and say, well, just to say, you know, that's one thing. Um, But I think he's right that a game like the Villa game doesn't come along every week, which is why when it does happen, everybody's so excited about it. Games like this against Everton happen much more often. And Everton were uh, on a good run of form coming into this. They'd not been um, uh, knocked around very easily at all. Although they were just up, up sort of upper mid-table though going into it, weren't they? They're, they're sort of 10th at the end of this one with 25 points. So they're doing all right, but they're not. Yeah, but they've not been... Um, they'd won the three previous games before this without conceding a goal. So they were in form. I think the uh, we found that coming into it with um, only being able to get that one goal at the end. So uh, although David Batty's um, own view, somebody suggested to him that we were fortunate to win and he said, we weren't lucky. We came through with our work, a delicate Gordon Strachan chip and a well-taken goal. We showed our character to win with 10 men. So that's David Bass's assessment. You're not going to argue with him. I like uh, to think of, um, as well, the, the Man United fans away at Crystal Palace. Maybe someone, someone's got a radio. Oh, Leeds are down to 10. They're like, yes, get in. Because they're winning 3-1 on this this day as well. And then so. they have, the news has to filter through that we've we've grabbed a late winner. Great stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so to was- ruin their journey back from London to... Well, the rest of London. Well, from, a different from, bit of London. Croydon to the other part. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've got um, Chelsea 1, Forest 0, Coventry 2 0 against Southampton. Palace 1, Man United 3, as we said, which keeps them right on our coattails. We beat Everton 1 0. Liverpool beat Norwich 2 goals to 1. 0 0. Man City, Wimbledon, Notts County 0, QPR 1. Oldham 3, Villa 2. Sheffield United 1 all with Luton in the basement clash. Basement clash. West Ham 1, Sheffield Wednesday 2. And the Sunday game, Arsenal 2, Spurs 0. Leaves us. Top, 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 top of the league. Now with equal joint top goal difference with Man United, which I think is significant given that they were uh, well out in front on that front before the Villa game obviously really helped us. And another goal in the in the plus column today. We're so, marching on together again. United, we stand the no, best team in the land. We are number one officially the best team in the land. Uh, so we've played 18 with 39 points. Man United have played 17 with 38 points. But then down in third, you've got Man City played 18 with 31 so eight point gap to third now just below that you've got Arsenal Wednesday Villa Palace Norwich Liverpool Everton the top 10 in the division uh, Luton still bottom with Southampton Sheffield United QPR Notts County West Ham Wimbledon down towards the bottom Spurs still haven't recovered from their lack of games they're still knocking about 15th which is uh, which is fun isn't it Oldham are above them and we're not done with Everton yet we've got to go there through the week in just a few days time yeah we might as well play them again Beating them once. Should we do it again in the uh, in the League Cup fourth round? Yes, let's. Sounds like a plan. Hey, looking down the fixtures as we head in towards Christmas, we've got Luton, Spurs, Forest and Southampton all on the way before the end of the year. Some winnable games in there. We are in a good form. We haven't lost in, what is it, about six games or something like that now? I mean, Luton are complete shit. We're going to just, we're going to beat them about 10-0. You think so? Easy. We are, you know, we're doing all right. I've having a look at the results here. One, two, three, four, five, Six wins in seven we've had in the league. Now only drop points at Wimbledon away. It's championship it's, form. It's looking good, isn't it? I'm kind of is. Afraid to say it. Well, we'll bring you what happens at Goodison Park when we nip over there for the League Cup fourth round game when we do Luton on December the 7th. We'll reconvene them. We'll see you in a bit. The Match Ball. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.